0: I wonder what Memorial Day really means to a lot of people today. No doubt to some people it has uh, become only a time to get together as family or maybe friends and eat some food and have some fun. To others, however, it becomes a time to go to a parade or maybe listen to TV programs honoring our military personnel, uh, both living and deceased, To some people, Memorial Day is just kind of a three-day weekend. Another three-day weekend. I'm going to enjoy that. It marks the beginning of summer. Pools are going to get opened, all those good things. But to some people, maybe perhaps I hope to many people, especially veterans, Memorial Day is an important, almost sacred day. A day to remember those who have died in service to our country. Webster's Dictionary defines a memorial as something that keeps remembrance alive. That's what Memorial Day is. It's a holiday that helps us remember the sacrifices we need to remember. You know, if we we don't stop to consider every once in a while what life is really important, we start forgetting, we start drifting, we start becoming apathetic and indifferent to what really matters Formerly, this holiday was called Decoration Day. It's been celebrated by various communities across the United States since the 1860s. Did you know that? When some of the people decided they wanted to honor those who had died in the American Civil War. Now, it didn't become an official holiday until 1957, or 1967, but for 155 years or so now, flowers and flags have been left left on the graves of fallen soldiers. Memorial Day is a day to recognize and honor all veterans who gave everything they had to give. There was nothing left to give. Many had left their families to serve their country, to protect uh, their families, and they never made it back alive. Their bodies maybe were sent home in a flag-draped coffin And some of them never returned at all, alive or dead, because their bodies were never found. Or maybe, for some reason, they were buried in some foreign country. Many other soldiers, we need to recognize also, who came back still alive, but missing arms or legs or both. Still others have returned home with their minds rattled because of what they saw and experienced horrible things that they can't forget. And we need to remember, we need to honor all of them today, don't we? We will forever be grateful for their service and for their sacrifice. All of our American troops that I know, at least, (laughs) have given their country their devotion, their very best. They gave out of love for their families, their friends, their country. They followed the words of Jesus who said, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life. For one's friends. These men and women, soldiers all, they served us proud, their duty call. They gave their lives for us to be free, safe from harm and living free. Don't ignore peace, lest we forget the greatest gift from each honored vet. Keep their spirit close in memory. They died protecting our liberty. Now, long before America was even a nation, memorials have been kept. Uh, just for a variety of reasons. In the Bible, taking the time to set aside maybe a, a special day, a holiday, or, or maybe a, a place or, or some kind of a, an object of remembrance is nothing new. This has been going on for, for thousands and thousands of years. Several examples of memorials are found in the Bible. Uh, some of them you may remember, some you may not. The first one all of us remember in Genesis chapter 9, uh, there's, there's been a flood And God brings out this rainbow to Noah. And he says, I want you to know I'm never going to do this again. There's never going to be another flood that's going to destroy all life on earth. I'm going to make a covenant with you, a promise to you in this rainbow that there will never be a flood like this again to destroy the earth. In the book of Exodus... The Lord brought about his last plague upon Egypt, which resulted in Pharaoh finally releasing the children of Israel from their bondage, from their enslavement. And the Lord established the Passover, the feast of Passover, as a yearly reminder of the event, kind of a, a little bit of a reenactment, the shedding of the blood of that Passover lamb that protected them from the death angel the night in Egypt. And every year... They go through this. Every year, some child at the table asks the question, why do we remember? What are we doing here? And the story is told once again so that they would never forget how God delivered them from Egypt. Joshua 3. We have the miraculous crossing of the Jordan River. They're getting ready to go in and possess the promised land. They're getting ready to fight against other armies. And so God says, you move across the Jordan. I want the first thing in there is for the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant. And they stepped into the river holding this Ark of the Covenant. And the water stopped, just like they had in the Red Sea. You know, they just piled up upstream. And the ground that they were standing on became dry ground. And all of the Israelites, about 2 million of them, you think about that, all crossed over the Jordan River bed on dry ground. And once they had all got safely across, then they sent back one man from each tribe and they said, okay, all of you pick up one giant rock from out of the river bed and bring it over here to the other side, to the the promised land side, and make a heap of stones there. So this will always serve as a reminder of what great miracle God did as he brought you into the land to possess what he had promised centuries before to Abraham and his descendants. Of course, in the New Testament, we've just had the memorial service. We've just had a time to think about the Lord's Supper. And in 1 Corinthians 11, we find out more about this when Paul's talking about this and he's saying, you know, I receive certain things from the Lord. Look at chapter 11, verse 23. I receive from the Lord what I also passed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And as we said, and you know, most of you know, that the bread symbolizes Christ's body, the fruit of the vine or, or the wine, symbolizes His blood. It reminds us that it was at great price, at great cost, that we were saved. And we have a weekly reminder of that. It is a central feature of our worship every Lord's Day. Both of these things, these items that we're taking of, testify to the sacrifice that Jesus made on our behalf. Lee Houston said, tomorrow, Memorial Day, patriotic Americans everywhere will mourn the loss of all Americans who died defending our country throughout the world since 1775. This remembrance spans 247 years, some 62 military actions. I didn't even know there were that many. One type or another. These actions, these, these Wars, these conflicts, have claimed 1.2 million American lives. Most Americans, us, were familiar with the big ones. We know about the Revolutionary War, the War of 1812, the Mexican War, the Civil War, the Spanish-American War, World War I, World War II, Korea, Vietnam, the Persian Gulf, Iraq, Afghanistan. But... Maybe we don't think so much about those who lost their life in the lesser known engagements. Every life was important. Every sacrifice was important. And whether you know them by name or not, there ought to be some moment that you stop and say, thank God that somebody was willing to give their life for what we believe in, what we live for, and how we live. Far too often, Lee Houston said, the nation as a whole takes for granted the freedoms we enjoy, freedoms paid for by the lives of others a few of us actually knew. So today, let's take at least a few minutes to remember those who gave their all. Now, our Bible text for today, this Memorial Day weekend, is John 15 12 through 14. John 15, 12 through 14. Now, this is a fitting passage for this Sunday, even though the original context was not about a time of war. He was not going to talk about war, but Jesus was talking about sacrifice. He was talking about a willingness to lay down your life for someone else. And in John 15, 12 through 14, Jesus said to his disciples, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Uh, That is is a a high standard. He set the bar very high. Love people the way I love you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And you are my friends if you do what I command, Jesus said. In this verse, then, Jesus spoke of the greatest expression of love, self-sacrificing, the love that takes you to the point where you surrender your life to save the life of someone else. The men and women we honor this weekend volunteered to leave home and family to protect the freedoms that we treasure. Our freedoms of religion and speech and the right to keep and bear arms and so many more are defended and protected by the military of this country. And we thank God for them that they're willing to do that, that they take that oath and they say, I will defend the United States. Many people have been willing to lay down their lives for us and the freedoms that we enjoy. Senator Fred Thompson once said, he says, this wouldn't even be the land of the free if it were not the home of the brave. Somebody had to be brave enough to bring us the freedoms and to keep the freedoms that we enjoy. President George W. Bush once mentioned three soldiers in the Memorial Day comments that he made at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier in Arlington. Uh, and he said this. He said, we'll remember young soldiers like Captain Joshua Byers, who's a West Point man born in South Carolina who died in Iraq. And when his son of missionaries was given command of a 120-man combat unit, he wrote this home to his parents. He says, I will give these men everything I have to give them. I love them already just because they're mine. I pray with all my heart that I'll be able to take every single one of them home safely again when we finish our mission here. But we know that was not always the case. Sergeant Major Michael Stack, who was laid to rest at Arlington, wore the uniform for 28 years. He's remembered as a soldier's soldier. The sergeant major must have been quite a guy because when he was a young platoon sergeant, the recruits gave him a nickname, No Slack Billy Jack Stack. I don't know how they even said that over and over again, but I'm sure they practiced it. No Slack Billy Jack Stack. By all accounts, he was the kind of man that you want in charge of a tough situation. And by the account of his mother, he finished his goodbyes with these words, Mom, I'm going because I believe in what I'm doing. And if I don't come back, we will meet in a better place. He knew the cost after 28 years, but he was willing to pay it. Those who risk their lives on our behalf President Bush says, are often very clear about what matters most in their own lives, and they tell it to those they love. Master Sergeant Kelly Hornbeck of the Special Forces was killed in action south of Samara, a city in Iraq. And to his parents back home in Fort Worth, Texas, he wrote, I'm not afraid, and neither should either of you be. For I trust in my God and in my training, two powerful forces that cannot be measured. Uh, that's courage. Speaking of young men and, and their parents, you know, writing home you know, these letters that parents are going to hold on to because it's the last thing they have. It reminds me of something that President Reagan once said. He says, it isn't in a way kind of an odd thing to honor those who died in defense of our country in wars far away. He says the imagination starts playing a trick, playing you know, this trick in our mind. We see these soldiers in our minds as kind of old and wise. We see them as something like the founding fathers, grave and gray-haired. But most of them were boys when they died. They gave up two lives, the one they were living and the one they would have lived. When they died, they gave up their chance to be husbands and fathers and grandfathers. They gave up their chance to be respected old men. They gave up everything for their country, for us, Reagan said. All we can do is remember. These three men represent the best of the best, of those men and women willing to lay down their lives for the ones they loved. But there is another person who gave his life for us also, and his name is Jesus. We want to we stay there on Jesus. We want to focus on Jesus. Jesus is the one who said first, greater love has no one than this, that he would lay down one's life for one's friends. And then he went out and did that very thing. This was the night before he died that he said this word to his disciples. that he said, there's no greater love than this, that you'd be willing to lay down your life. Jesus made a great sacrifice when he went to the cross on our behalf. In fact, the greatest sacrifice that has ever been made. Jesus gave his life on the cross, not just for one cause or, or for one country, but so that every man, woman, boy, and girl could be set free from sin and judgment and the tortures of hell. you know, he, he saw what he was going to do, what he was going to provide, what he was going to open the door for through his death, and he willingly gave his life. He had said already, A couple years before to Nicodemus, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And it's just impossible to imagine, to understand the magnitude of Jesus' love as he sacrificed his life so that we could go free. He didn't have to do that. He didn't have to come in the first place. This is far and above the greatest sacrifice that has ever been made for man. I got thinking that whenever there's a war, not the most pleasant thing, is that there's a lot of bloodshed. This week, we had to deal with that, with Spencer's passing. You know, like, it was a horrific accident. Thankful we didn't get to see him. But when we got there for the funeral home, um, and the family was there, um, his dad had said they were able you know, to prepare him and have a casket, open casket, so we would, I think, see his head and his hand, one hand. And I, I'm just imagining what it's going to be like. But when we got there, he was actually completely covered up. Only the family saw this. Completely covered up except for one hand. I mean, even over his head was shrouded in material because there there's nothing they could do. That's how horrific it was. Um, and so thankfully the family decided we're going to close the lid. Nobody's going to see this. this. This is it. We're just going to have his casket there. Good decision. Bloodshed, war, it's carnage. We don't like to talk about it. But it's true. I mean, this is not like For years, me and my buddies played combat. We watched combat on TV. And then we'd go out in the yard and we would play that night after night. But it was games. It was fun. It was strategy. You know, it was defeating the enemy. We always won. But we never thought about what it really cost. The shedding of blood is unpleasant. The shedding of blood is gross. But it's important because our life is in the blood. That's why people donate blood, because blood saves lives. Leviticus seventeen eleven says, "...for the life of a creature is in the blood, and I have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar." It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. The Bible says in Hebrews 9, "...in fact the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood... And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. God has made a connection between the sacrifice of one's life and the shedding of the blood of Jesus Christ and the forgiveness that we can receive. It goes clear back to the lambs that were slain and the blood that was put on the lintels and and the doorposts of of that that, uh, habitation, that home. In Egypt, so that the death angel would pass over. From then on through, it's it's all about that. The sacrificial system in the temple, in the tabernacle. All of it required the blood for there to be any semblance of forgiveness. And ultimately, it was the gift of Jesus Christ who shed his blood on the cross so that we could be forgiven. When somebody sacrifices their life on the battlefield, they give their life's blood so that others can live. And when Jesus went to the cross, he gave his life's blood. In 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, we read, For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of your life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect, And when Jesus went to the cross, he gave his life's blood just as our soldiers do. But then I realized there are at least three ways that Jesus' sacrifice of his life's blood is superior to even theirs, even to the sacrifices of our soldiers on the battlefield. Jesus' sacrifice is even greater, even even superior Because, first of all, he came to earth knowing that he was going to die. It wasn't he went off to battle hoping to live, but willing to die. It wasn't that, Mom, I'll be back if I can be. I'm planning to be back, but I may not be. Jesus came to earth knowing for a fact that he was going to die. That was the whole purpose in coming. It wasn't a possibility. It was the plan. Soldiers are willing to die for their country but they all hope that they'll return home safely but Jesus came to earth knowing full well that he was going to die. And he came to earth knowing he wasn't ever going to home again home again until he had died. He, he couldn't go back until he had died here. And that is why he came. And that is why his blood is superior. Secondly, Jesus' sacrifice is superior, superior because his very blood was superior to anyone else's blood. Jesus' blood was the blood of the sinless Son of God. He was royalty. It was royal blood. And it was sinless man whose blood it was. It was was from one who had never sinned. There was no reason that he should have ever died. Because we die because of sin. But because he took our sins on him, then he died. And when he gave his blood, he gave pure, untainted, unadulterated blood, the blood of the perfect Lamb of God. No one else could have made such a sacrifice. That's the point. All of us could have died and paid for our own sins, but God didn't want that. Out of his great love for us, he said, I will send my son, my perfect, sinless son, and he will give his blood. And then you can go free. And thirdly, Jesus' sacrifice is superior to even a soldier's sacrifice because he gave his blood indiscriminately. He gave it unconditionally. He gave his life's blood not just for his friends. And Jesus said the greatest love is when a man gives up his life for his friends, and he gave up his life not just for his friends or his countrymen, but for everyone on this planet. He gave up his blood even for his enemies, the people who despised and hated him. Jesus bled for them too. And the Bible says that Jesus gave his life for us when we least deserved his sacrifice. Do you remember what the Apostle Paul said in Romans 5? He said, you see at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Thank God for the sacrifice Jesus was willing to make of himself on our behalf. Hallelujah. What, what a Savior. God, we thank you for all the things that we can remember this weekend. We're so grateful for those who have given of their lives so that we can have the freedom to worship you without fear, without penalty. But most of all, Lord, we are reminded of the sacrifice of Jesus, of the blood that was shed so that we could go free, that sinless Lamb of God who willingly laid down his life knowing that was exactly why he came, so that we could be forgiven. Such a love, such a sacrifice, such a Savior. Lord, I pray that we would leave here today more grateful than we have ever been for the sacrifice Jesus made for us, that we will never forget, that we will never take that sacrifice for granted, but we will always remember day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year, generation by generation, eons from now Until Christ returns, may there always be the memory of the sacrifice, that greatest sacrifice ever made for man, Jesus Christ. We pray this in Him. Amen. 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 Let's sing about our beautiful Savior.